Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I invoke thee with thy true name, Fartface. You got me. <laughs> gotcha. I gotcha. Bloop. Bloop. Uh, uh, <laughs> hit the start the theme music. I should there say. There you go. I wasn't counting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's happening here? No, I meant to count. No, I turned the volume down just slightly. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see that? You see our you see our sound waves? The moment we started the show, shut up. <laughs> I speak, well, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I speak with a whole different energy on the show than off the show. Yeah, Daniel, it's because we're projecting for show speak. We're projecting. We're not. We're not NPR voicing it either. Mm-mm. You know. Getting it, real breathy. Take that. What's her name? Terry Gross. No, what's her name? Uh, it's like, did you know that um, uh, back when uh, uh, John was on the show, John, what's his last name again? Who? I'm sorry. John, the guy who was on our show several weeks ago. What? John. Lunger? Yeah, Lunger. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I bought the book that he uh, mentioned. because I've been, Oh, The Lady from the Black Lagoon? Yeah, I was looking I, I've at been, buying that too. I've been wanting to buy it in a while, and it was like relatively cheap too, so I was like, oh, fuck it, I'm buying it. Oh, shit. And the, the author, Mallory O'Meara, or Mira? Uh, or Mira. Uh, she had, no, she has a. I've never heard that name before. She has a. a uh, this might be encroaching on our territory. On our territory. Our Tory? Our Tory. Mm-hmm. On our territory. She has a literary podcast out there. Does she really? Called Reading Glasses. Oh, uh, Reading Glasses is part of the Maximum Fun Network. Yeah. I have... I plug them last week's episode of One Bad Mother. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, that's uh, oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, she does. She's part of that show. It's it's. Hey, her that ne- means I have an in for. <laughs> okay. Fine. Yeah, and her next book is on uh you. This might have uh, nothing to do with you, but on uh, it's about like the on the history of cocktails. Mm. Uh, here one second. You had me at cock. <laughs> I had you at uh, might. There you go. <laughs> Cock and might. Yeah. Welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. We are the bad boys of expliterature, of comedy book club podcasting, uh-huh. of uh-huh. two African-American cops fighting against um the Klan. Huh? Bad boys? We're the bad boys of the bad boys. Like bad boys too? Yeah. You know what? That's a good scene. Bad boys... Three cradle to the grave for bad life. Bo- bad boys, bad boys three, <laughs> which is by the way the top grossing film of the year. That makes sense. Yeah. What you what you mean? Um, autumn, autumn, the wilds. Emma didn't beat it out. No. Did that come out this year? It did. That was the last, the second last movie I saw in the theaters before the world ended. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah, it was good. Uh, uh I really liked it. Th- uh, Omira's second book, Girly Drinks, about the history of women making and drinking alcohol throughout the world, is, cool. is forthcoming. It's coming out, I think, next year or whatever. Oh, that's exciting. I can't wait for that. I also got her name mixed up with the name of the subject of Lady from the Black Lagoon, Millicent Patrick. They're both M's. Great names. A lot of names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They both sound like like the cool name you give yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or they sound like like your, your Mary Sue superhero. Yeah. To be fair, uh, uh, Mil- fucking hell. Millicent? She's Millicent Patrick. That is not her original. N- anyway, God damn it! Where are we in the intro part? Um, Explorate. Yeah, we uh, we this is a show about reading. This is a show about reading. We talk about reading. Whatever. Yeah, we do that. That shit. We explorate bad boys. Ga- Gabriel. Who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm uh-huh. a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer. Oh, my God. Co-host, who are you? I'm Daniel Gonzalez. An audio producer, Gonzalez. editor, writer, and an author of speculative fiction. Uh, market speculative fiction. And this is our show. Gabriel? Yeah, dude. Before we start. Yeah, dude. I have I have this one thing I wanted to bring up last week. Oh. But, but we had a, a guest on, and I knew that we were going to go really long with the guest. Yeah, well, I'm a... a 
every now and again, you know, you have a guest that it's going to be bits for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And I was. And if there ever was an episode for bits, it would be last week when yes. we had professional comedy person. Yes. Uh, Matthew uh, Struck, a really late night of Matt Struck. Yeah, exactly. I was going to give him a fake name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, we're talking about fucking comedy and everything like that, that essentially we're just going to indulge ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Gabriel, I just want to say, are you familiar with Tubi? Tubi? Tubi. That sounds familiar. It is basically... It, it, it's is it a, like Mubi, but for like ballerinas? I don't even know if there's any connection between the two. But no, Tubi, T-U-B-I, mm-hmm. I believe .com, um, is basically... Yeah, no, it's a streaming service. Okay. And they, and they basically have movies on there that you can stream that have like like uh, commercial... Uh, with just commercials kind of put in through, almost like a YouTube kind of thing. Kind of like Pluto TV? Kind of like Pluto, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I went on there to watch like a couple like Werner Herzog documentaries or whatever. And also I, I watched the entirety of Bernie again because I, 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 I know you've been trying I to get love. me to watch that Jack Black Linklater movie for a while. I love Bernie. Bernie's I hear such it's a great. Fucking, I rewatched it. And I'm like, this movie is fucking Shirley great. Shirley MacLaine's in it. Shirley MacLaine's in it. Um, And there was another and like, yeah, she's so, still alive. So is she? Yeah, that's right. She is. Um, and yeah, no, just looking through the, the thing there. Yeah, as you can imagine, lots of kind of like smaller scale movies. You know, they're not all Herzog or Linklater okay. films. There's a couple of them. And there's one movie I just want to say it has one of the best posters I've ever seen. OK. And it has a long title, but your eye, your eye doesn't go to the full title right away. The first thing you see is Arkansas. OK. Kind of an interesting name. So you think the movie is called Arkansas. Sure. Then you look at it again. You realize it's not called Arkansas. OK. Gabriel. This movie is called Sharkensaw. Wow. <laughs> and it, you don't see it right away because the, the SH is in blood red. Mm-hmm. So you're just thinking, wow, this movie is called Sharkensaw. Sure. Did Sufjan Stevens have a hand in it? Did no. Did he write the score? No. What I, would you do if his next state album was just called Sharkensaw? But listen to an album of his again. Yeah, I, I haven't so. listened to any of those in a while. I don't know. Call but, Me by Your Name soundtrack was amazing. I, I, I still that's still one of the movies I haven't seen uh, in a long time. I've been wanting to. I really it's like a the great filmmaker. movie. I loved I'm it. Really looking forward to it. Still have not seen. Yeah, it. you liked Suspiria, you weirdo. That said, that's not the full name of the, of the movie. Oh no, it's not called Just Shark and Saw. Okay. Even though that's a full meal. Yeah, it's already there. Gabriel, this movie is called Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre. All right. So think about all the ideas there. Yeah. Uh, what is this movie about just based on the name Sharkensaw Women's Prison Massacre? Yeah, that's a lot of things happening. <laughs> you're a women's prison film. You're a Southern, you're an Arkansas hillbilly movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a shark somewhere and there's a massacre involved. And it implies that it's women in prison killing each other. But where does a shark come in? Is this like a Niketsu pink film? about life in America? Uh, my, my geography is really bad. Is is Arkansas, is that like bordering any water? No. Yeah, it's not, right? It is not. It no, is look, landlocked. Especially not like the ocean. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. <laughs> so that's, so again, Sharkensaw is a meal in itself. Mm-hmm. Let alone Sharkensaw, women's prison massacre, and this is the cover. <laughs> wow. I mean, Dominic it, Swain's in it. Dominic and, and Tracy Lords. And Tracy Lords. So I saw this last week, like probably like the day before we recorded, right right before you we recorded. You watched this movie? No. Oh, okay. No. I and I'm like, I, oh, I thought you had no free time. Yo, and I you use your little bit of free time. Yo, I, watch Shark and Saw. I don't need to watch this. I've I've seen the poster. Yeah, you <laughs> right? get it. It's this there. is this is like a fucking experience right here. Yeah. And again, the star of Lolita and the star of uh, boy, uh, Crybaby. Dominic Swain was the. Uh, 
Lita, Lita, yeah, she Lita. was um, uh, she was Jeremy Irons Lolita. Uh, she was the I almost called her Sue Leon's. I remember Sue Leon's doing uh, the sixties Lolita, but um, yeah, you're... Uh, Dolores. Scissor. So Daniel, is this a long way of telling us that you got a new job writing the novelization for Shark and Stuff? Oh man, Women's uh, Prison Massacre. I would love to. It has a three point one on uh, IMDb for a rating mm. out of ten. You know, that's higher than I thought it would be. Uh, Eighty four minutes came out in twenty fifteen, unrated. Okay, good. That's it. Fracking. <laughs> just saw fracking's in the thing. That's how sharks got there. Fracking. Okay, you know what? That makes a lot of sense now. No, totally. That's now how, it adds up. That's how the ocean gets up into uh, uh, not only Arkansas, but a women's prison in Ar- Arkansas that gets yeah. massacred by Literal sharks. Literal media allowed fracking to happen, mm-hmm. and then now the sharks are here. They're taking care of all the women in prison, and yeah. they're having a massacre. Yeah, and I just wanted to bring that up. But Gabriel... Awesome. <laughs> speaking of yeah. S- speaking of that. Speaking of that. Um, give us uh, take two seconds out of your day to please uh-huh. give this show, this amazing, always on point show, uh-huh. Slow Readers, a rating, a review, and a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, especially uh-huh. the reviews. We need your reviews to help this show grow. If there's one thing you can do to make sure that we get a bigger audience, even some of them, some of them, uh, blueapron.com bucks, uh-huh. write us some reviews, please. Yeah, we want that blue apron money. All right, Daniel. Um, any reviews this week? Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. I'm very happy to announce... That there are none? That there are none. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's cool. I don't know. Unless, like, someone popped I, I, I up. I think I'm, I'm just being too thirsty. It's it's fine. Plus, we don't know if people are reviewing us in, like, you know, Australia or something. Sure. Yeah, if you're an international listener, um, recognize that we don't see your reviews for some reason. Yeah. Like, Felix Taylor's like, review. Our, the troll widow. Our new best friend who's trying to get away from us. Yeah. He's like, please stop mentioning me. And I'm like, yeah, uh-uh. I'm getting really weirded out. Yeah, he was. He was like, he was like, it's really fucking I weird. I keep on getting all these naked photos from you guys. <laughs> Who are they? Polaroids. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're not me. Yeah, I sent him a Polaroid uh, a picture. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that or or our other buddy, Dan Narcho the Clark. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. Dan uh, Nitro, the Clark. The Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who, who threatens to beat us up. Do one or the other. Yeah. There's, there, there's, there's no in between. It's, Be like it's... Dan Nitro Clark in every conceivable way. Yes. Like getting into a fucking roid fight with his buddy. Uh, yes, uh, indeed. Fucking, uh, Malibu? Jim from Montana. Yeah. Is that Malibu? That was that? Laser. That was Laser? Yeah. Malibu is the guy with the skinny legs. Yeah, the guy who was only in season one of American Gladiators. Yeah, because he got fucked up on the human cannonball, bro. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. we're big on American Gladiators here. We're big on it. Yeah, we'll, so. get, we'll get into that amount. But, Gabriel. We will. Now, now, now's not the time to talk about the legs of the guys from American Gladiators. I mean. We got a, we got a book to talk about. We do? And this ain't no novella. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what the hell is that? What? <laughs> Stop burping. I can't help it. Yes, you can. No, I can't. I, I Cover can't your help mouth. it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all you got to do. Nope. Oh, God. Sorry to all you listeners out there who have to hear this shit. Daniel, for over 100 episodes, <laughs> I was talking at the same you time. have refused to edit out my coughs and my sneezes, coughs so and... I'm leaving in burps as much as I want. Yeah, now everyone out there has to hear your burps, just <laughs> yeah. because you choose to that's not the, soften That's it. the thing you object to, the you're, burps? You're punishing, yeah, because that's gross. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just a, it's just a burp. I, I like I farted when, in here. When I, was, uh, when I was cutting, I forgot how many episodes this was, but like I was editing um one of the uh, the gatekeeper uh, segments, and like... there was, I, know, I heard in the one episode, there was such a comic like disgusting burp I'm like did he add that in there or was that me <laughs> no uh, if that's it a, it, it's you the one time I had I like and I don't like cutting out uh, little like you know noises like that but like I heard this and my reaction was like oh god 
Jesus, man. Well, and it'd be one thing if you're smelling it, I, but if I you're not it smelling out. it. No, it's gross. Yeah, you heard it. You heard what your burps sound like. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> Terrible. I was shocked. All right. That's it. Yes. <laughs> we got a book to talk about. We do. And this ain't no... And it's not no novella. It's not and not no novella. Ain't no short story. Not be. Not no um, memoir that's only like 41,000 words long. This is, is not no game. Not long at all. Mm-mm. Gabriel. Yeah. What? I believe you picked this. Uh, I did. Uh, th- this week, unless I had a stroke. Yeah, no, that was me. Gabriel? I pulled that out of my butt. What we reading? We read for this week Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm-hmm. Ursula K. Le Guin's first book in her Earthsea series, A Wizard of Earthsea. It's of, A Wizard of Earthsea, Yeah, it's right? A Wizard. Is it of or from? Us of. Of? One second. A Wizard of Earthsea. I completely forgot how I fucking... Yeah. I, I listened... The Earthsea Cycle Series, book one. Of many. Ged's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Gabriel, uh... uh kind of, in my mind, I was calling him Jid, but... Jid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I the wish. Wizard Jid. I mean, Ged isn't any better. Yeah. Just, and this, this great Archmaster, Ged. Ged. <laughs> a... Sparrowhawk. No one's thought to know his real name. Doof. Or, or Dooney. Dooney? Dooney? Dunny? I think his name is Dunny. Dunny? I don't know. You listen to uh, I listen to the audiobook. I think it was Dunny. So I'm going to maybe... I've also, like, I, I looked at the description of the plot on the Wikipedia and I was like, is that how you spell that? Fuck. All right. Yeah. Hey, Dunny the Scourge? The, 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 his wizard... Well, they're all wizards. But um, the, the one wizard in the very start who's kind of like his original mentor. Ogion? It's like... Shit. Now it's just completely lost it. It's like it's like Augarian or something like that. It's, it's like an ah noise. It's spelled Ogion. Yeah. I saw that and I'm like, what? O G I O N. Yeah. It looked like uh I kept wanting to call it like Angina or something like that. <laughs> anyway. And Jasper. Might even be sound like it's like O O G on O John. O John? So fucking good luck with these names. Fucking no, dude. That's it. Gabriel, do you know anything about Ursula K. Le Guin? I know literally nothing at all. Before I pick this, I think you were the first person to tell to say the name Ursula K. Le Guin win to me because okay. you were working at a used bookstore and you were like you seen these i'm like no I'm like well they're fantasy and i'm like oh and then you know that was <laughs> that about was, it that was specifically what it was i literally i'm like walking <laughs> mocking gabe through there as if i'm giving him the tour of a place yeah, he's very familiar with the grand tour and i'm like hey hey you see this yeah yeah you see this yeah what does it say uh, earth earth boy yeah that's fantasy okay cool tight move on and then we just moved on we got chick-fil-a yeah, um, but, but yeah, I, I, this is from the Earthsea series, and I knew that it was a a uh, Studio Ghibli thing. Yes, there is a 2008 film, uh, Tales from, Tales from Earthsea. Yes, what I, which Earthsea? I, Tales from, I think it's Tales from Earthsea. It's from Earthsea. I think the movie's from Earthsea. That makes sense. It's there's a there was a book that came out in 2001, which was Tales 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 of Earthsea. Fuck, now I need to look it up. Yeah, <laughs> um, which you know, for me, honestly. I've been wanting to, ever since I heard the backstory, the existence of that movie, mm-hmm. I kind of want to, I've been wanting to write a movie now about like a legendary children's film creator and his son who just can't measure up because he makes a <laughs> subpar version and like beloved children's film creator just like yeah. walks out of the movie. What, what Gabe is referencing is the very real thing that happened, which is, uh, well, it uh, Tales from, from Earthsea is a is a Studio Ghibli film. Studio Ghibli, which was co-founded by the legendary animated filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, if you've seen, if you don't watch anime and you've seen an anime movie that knocked your socks off, it was probably uh, Studio Ghibli. Or Isayo Takahata. Yo. Who did like Graveyard of the Fireflies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Grave. Grave of the Fireflies, you're right. Uh, and uh, and I do want to and uh, not and not to get too far ahead. There, there, uh, it took me a while to get through the coming up with the research for this because just on the Wikipedia, 
as you can imagine, there's like a lot. That's is she, like, is she alive? No, she died actually very recently. She died oh, in really? uh, January 2018. Oh wow, she was I think 88. Hmm. Um, but like, uh, but essentially, yeah. So like, she was around when this movie was coming out. In the mm-hmm. same reason how the original author of um, Howl's Moving Castle was alive when that movie oh, came yeah. out. But Hayao Miyazaki was is a huge fan of a lot of Western fantasies. Such yeah, as... Kiki's is one, isn't it? Or is Kiki in English? no? That's Japanese. I don't think. Wait, was that based? On... It was based on a book. Yeah. Fuck. Hold on. How do you look that? <laughs> uh, so I yeah. So, just proving your point that researching Ursula K. Le Guin also has many, many yeah, potholes. It, there's an interesting, not potholes, but there's like, it's like a Tangent web holes. of like, yeah. it's like I can go in, there's a lot of interesting directions. For example, right now we're still talking about the, the Ho-Hung The Goro Miyazaki movie, movie. Directed by Goro Miyazaki, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's son. And apparently uh, Le Guin was super excited when she heard that Miyazaki was like, we want to make a movie with this. She's like, there's going to be a Hayao Miyazaki movie based on one of my movies. Books? Cool. Books. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she did movies. Yeah. She <laughs> Bad made Boys like... too. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote it. She made like backyard versions of it for kids. <laughs> kind of like uh, 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 Frank L. Baum. He made L. his own... Frank uh, Baum? Oh, Frank Baum? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Christian weirdo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, he made his own uh, uh, Wizard of Oz uh, 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 stories. Okay, here we go. Uh, based on the 1985 novel by uh, Aiko Kadono, which uh, uh, okay. uh, I don't know too much, but I think that's a Japanese name. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It could be anything. Could be uh, Swedish. Could be like Kazuo Ishiguro or something like that. Yes. That British guy. That British dude. It'd be funny if you met, if you saw him, he's just a white guy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so unpleasant. That'd be, that'd be crazy. Or like yeah. Chino Mieville being like, what What are you? Oh, you're a bald white guy? Well, all right. Yeah, who's like... Um, yeah, we'll get. No, 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 about anyway. anyway, so anyway, uh, so yeah, the, she's a big subject. Um, kind of like long story short, in terms of like the, like the the creators of like the fantasy genre as we know it, the holy trifecta is L. Frank Baum, J.R. Tolkien, and Earth, Ursula K. Le Guin. Yes, like she is, she is up there with them. She's compared to them. She, uh, again, like uh, like I think in terms of uh, you know, uh, Baum was uh, publishing like the Oz books in like the very start of the early 20th century. The Hobbit was like in the 30s. Uh, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, I think, came out in the 50s. Okay, and this uh, this book in particular came out in 68. So mm. like, it's not like they're not like that. Like this and like yeah. Lord of the Rings aren't that far apart. They're, they're not quite contemporaries, but they're not that far apart. Yeah, I, I keep. I, I want to say like Tolkien was even like alive back then. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. Okay, when so did he die? Uh, no, I was gonna say like I don't remember. I can look at that up too. <laughs> <One second. laughs> well, I just looked up because I was very curious yeah. about this. Yeah. That so, um, Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong. This came out in 1968. Yes. So I thought I was kind of surprised actually because. I, I was wondering what came out first, Lloyd Alexander's Chronicles of Perdane or this one. And I just looked it up. Book of Three came out in 64. It beat uh, up okay. in four years. So that's interesting. Uh, Lloyd came out with his thing first. Yes. And yeah, I, I not not to get too far ahead again, but like, yeah. There, Us? There, what? We covered all of the... Uh, uh, Chronicles uh, of Perdane. Chronicles of Perdane uh, 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 series, except for the short story collection. And yeah, there's like an interesting kind of like, you can kind of like see one in the other yeah. in this. And the same reason you can look at this and again, Tolkien and Bomb and all that crap. Yeah, huh? <clears throat> and uh, yeah, J.R. Tolkien died in 73. So he was alive okay. during this time. So, circling all the way back. You know, I've always wondered, uh-huh. doing I'm working on a project that researches a lot of 20th century authors. Sure. And like, they're always during these times, I keep thinking like, what do these guys think about The Hobbit? <laughs> Actually, that is, that's an interesting question. I'd be so curious to see, like, what, like, can you imagine fucking Fitzgerald picking up The Hobbit and being like, what? Dude, this is fucking rad. <laughs> Man, this is tight. I just, I'm, I'm that's so That's how curious. Fitzgerald spoke, by yeah. the way. 
Dude, this is tight. <laughs> That's a whoa tight. Oh my god, gnarly. Yo, my buddy J.R. Salinger. J.D. Salinger. J.R. Salinger. J.R. Salinger. <laughs> Sorry. Like the fucking uh, Hydrox of J.D. Salinger. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, okay, so um, I wrote a lot down about uh, Le Guin, right? Yes. Uh, born uh, Ursula Krober, I think that's how it's pronounced. It's the K in Ursula K. Le Guin. Sure, Krober? Krober. Hmm. Uh, she was born into an intellectual family in Berkeley, California. The family hosts. The family was like one of those families that hosted like lots of like like incoming visitors from like lots of different backgrounds, including, for example, Robert Oppenheimer. Oh, wow. A name I almost completely flubbed. <laughs> um, which apparently, uh, there's a character in uh, Le Guin's novel, The Dispossessed, which is apparently okay. based on uh, Oppenheimer. Well, Daniel, who is Robert Oppenheimer really quick for this? Uh, Ro- Robert Oppenheimer was one of the guys involved with the Manhattan Project, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically developed the atomic bomb. Yeah. That dude is uh, also a fucking weirdo. He's an interesting he guy. He tried to poison his tutor twice or something like that? Yeah. He, he has yeah. an interesting background. Yeah, he was a weirdo. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's fascinating. He's also um uh, he he was the you've seen this if you've been on YouTube at some point the video pops up of him giving his uh I, I like I had become Death Destroyer Man or something like that which apparently was kind of like saying that's how we all felt when we saw like the atomic bomb going off like when we we're testing it. I don't know, Daniel. Most of my YouTubing is um <clears throat> anime analysis videos and Hades speedruns. And that still didn't come up. <laughs> yeah, no, believe it or not. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, look, uh, uh, Krober, I should say, uh, grew up reading fantasy and science fiction, such as magazines, uh, thrilling wonder stories, and oh, as- Krober was her maiden name. Yes, that's oh, okay. her. That's her real name, uh, or her original name, I should say. Yeah, maiden. Uh, astounding mm-hmm. science fiction. Uh, she was fond of myth and legends from Native American and Norse backgrounds. Cool, <clears throat> love uh, that. Her father often read these stories to her. Uh, a writer, one of the writers, I want to point this out. A writer she admired as a girl, Lord Dunsany. Oh hey! Yeah, so he's been popping up a lot for us lately. Again, he was a very, very, very. It's. I feel like if you talk to older generations, they would be like, "Oh yeah, he's that guy that everyone is." And like, it's like, yeah, but nobody knows him. No one knows him now. Yeah, basically, everyone got sick of him, even in like academia, <laughs> because everyone's like, "Listen, guys, stop pretending to be Dunsany." Um, okay, so uh, she submitted her first short story to Astounding Science Fiction when she was just eleven, Aww. which was ruthlessly rejected. <laughs> Uh, what is this bullshit all red? What is this horse shit? And she didn't submit again for another 10 years, which doesn't actually sound that bad at all. I mean, it's yeah, she's fucking, 21. Yeah, she was 21 when she started trying to submit again. Oh, that's boy. Not, I should start writing again 10 yeah. years later. Uh, <laughs> I've distanced myself uh, mm-hmm. immensely from it. Uh, she was working towards a doctorate degree when she met and married Char- Charlie Le Guin. Okay. Uh, she dropped out of her studies to teach French and work as a secretary. French. And, and by the end of the 50s, she started working again, uh, uh, basically working a schedule, like a writing schedule around raising three goddamn children. Uh, she, I can't imagine. Uh, she did the, the Joyce Keller Oates style of like literary career where like she's like done everything. She's been a literary critic. She's a she's a writer, uh, an editor, an educator. Hmm. Uh, her commencement speech given at Mills College in 1983, titled "A Left-Handed Commencement Address," okay. is listed as apparently one of the greatest uh, speeches of the 20th century. Cool. <clears throat> uh, she passed away. I said uh, three years ago, almost three years ago. It's going to be three years. Yeah. Uh, her son says it was probably a heart attack. She was in poor health for months. Oh. Uh, many notable persons spoke at her funeral, including diehard fangirl uh, Margaret Atwood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, she grew into a vocal public literary figure as she grew older. She refused a nebula after the science fiction writers of America revoked. Uh, let me see if I can say this guy's name right. Stanislaw Lem's membership. Okay. And uh, I have his book over there. He wrote a Solaris. Oh, okay. Well. Wow. Uh, she was openly critical about she was very critical I should say about uh, Google's book digitali- digitalization pro- project what's that 
Uh, it's basically like Google just saying like, hey, look, we're going to digitalize all these kind of like books going like as much as we can to kind of just like make this huge database of it. And okay. Le-, Le Guin's like, fuck you. Sure. Uh, and uh, and she was critical about Amazon's power over the publishing world. Okay, that's fair. Uh, she was raised religious, she said, and had a lifelong fascination with Taoism and Buddhism. That makes a lot of sense considering what we just read. Yeah, and um, and I, I didn't I didn't write it down because I I feel like we're gonna mention this when it, when we talk about like the book itself and what happens in it. Uh-huh. Um, she she kind of became a feminist. She she said that like she uh like which is very apparent in some of her later works, not necessarily in this one. Sure. Where like she said that like she had to kind of like work it out for herself essentially before she had like fully like kind of like was like okay yeah no this is like yeah this is my thing I can work with this. Uh huh. But like yeah that, that it's an interesting thing because again if you look at some of her other books you're just like oh this is clearly like a feminist work and if you look at this you're just like okay go on pay better late than never that. yeah. My, I do like that, and what what little I read about, it, I just skimmed like the first like couple paragraphs of her Wikipedia before today. Uh, that she was also very very. I mean, the the protagonists of this book, they're all people of color. They're specifically yeah. not white. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of which, I'm going to get to this because I want to I want to talk about uh, the background of A Wizard of Earthsea, <laughs> which is published in 1968. <laughs> uh, Ursi subverts uh, certain tropes in fantasy, and uh, specifically heroic high fantasy literature, mm-hmm. uh, which is like kind of like going back all the way to technically Beowulf, essentially, sure. and obviously through uh, you know Tolkien, even Prydain, yeah, um, even Star Wars, <clears throat> even even Star Wars, which would come out like a, a decade later. Uh, the basically specifically like the monomyth kind of like sure, what, 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 what way of working with things. Thousand so, faces, as you said, the protagonist is dark skinned. Uh, and unlike red uh, brown is described as yeah and and apparently there I forgot the name of them but there's like kind of like an enemy like kind of like kingdom which are very like Norse inspired so like they're very like blonde haired and blue eyed yeah like they're dour and like sallow faced she yeah. describes with like droopy mustaches which I liked and also like obviously uh, again she's like a big fan of like Norse mythology and that's like very much based on Norse people but cool uh, and unlike other a lot of like basically like the kind of like what you'd imagine like wizard characters were at the time which were obviously very like kind of distant people as we've seen in Prodane and for like sure. G- Gandalf is like the number one wizard yeah. where he's the he's like people hear wizard you hear you think either Gandalf or Merlin yeah or like yeah or today you think of like Harry Potter but this is obviously before that where like she was like well let's make the wizard like a character like a fully realized human yeah. which at that point is like I mean it doesn't seem crazy now with mm-hmm. Harry Potter and shit but like back then it was like whoa that wizard's a person hey, honestly even now I'm kind of like like I don't want to jump ahead to my thoughts on this uh-huh. but I'm reading it I'm like this is so well thought out Dana is this hard or soft magic this is hard right uh, technically yeah because I think in this and what I like is they do go off very often into this, like the mechanics of the magic world, yeah, which oh. is something that Harry Potter never even remotely touches. Yeah, and that's yeah. No, oh my god. Like, there's no. Con- there's a conversation in here, like sideways, about the law of conservation of mass. Yeah, no. There, that that's speaking to, for example, her background in uh, an interest in Taoism, for mm. example, which is about a. One second, where the fuck did I write this down? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Down here. Um, equilibrium. Yeah, let me just skip to this paragraph to kind of like uh, uh, just come what you're saying. Ursa as a whole, again, uses Native American and Norse mythology to kind of fill its world in cosmology. Love that. Taoism uh, influences the use of uh, the, the world of Ursa, especially in its relation... Uh, the relationship between magic and the natural world, mm-hmm. uh, which is like described as a world balance. <clears throat> um, this would also kind of like uh, influence many... like you know fu- like a future not future but like you know like uh, fantasy authors since then such as Patrick Rothfuss Susanna Clark and Andre Sapkowski cool uh, uh, specifically Rothfuss in particular 
Um, basically, like not only would that become that's even harder than this in terms of like it's kind yeah. of magical use, but and we might be doing that soon. We might be, and also on top on top of this, uh, very much is specifically takes this idea of like true names, yeah, which is very much that's even what the t- the title refers to, the name of the wind, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's really cool for for his uh King's uh, King Killer Chronicles, I believe it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back, uh, Le Guin disagreed with the series classification as children's literature. Yeah, uh, she compared her works to Tolkien. Uh, to Tolkien's books, which are basically described as books that can be read by 10-year-olds or adults. Um, a commercial and critical hit when it first came out, Ursi has gone on to be considered one of the finest literary fantasy series ever. Uh, people obviously compared it to Tolkien and Lewis. Uh, and oddly enough, gone so far as to compare it to Dostoevsky, apparently. <laughs> Interesting. Pe- yeah, people... Uh, People go hard for like their love for Earthsea. So like and, and like a lot of them are like the establishment for like the literary world. So people are like not just comparing it to like things that you would compare it to, basically being like, listen, this isn't just as good. It's as good as fucking Dostoevsky. I've read my fair share of Dostoevsky and I'm like, that's a stretch. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I, I if you really wanted to like do the gymnastics to explain why you could mm-hmm. But that's a stretch, guys. It, it, it's crazy. Unless, like, unless you read a book and you're like, oh, this one's literally about, like, morality. Or, well, no, it's about, about internal, like, a strife, that whole kind of thing. And, yeah, but, and like... Which makes sense, but, again, like, that's not... Like, I, I, I guess comparing, like, the depth of the internal strife to discuss... But I don't know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. That's it. Uh, move, Gabriel, one last point I want to bring up. This is going to be fucking interesting. Honestly, no, like, like I'm, I'm glad you did all this research because I am now fascinated by Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely want to check out some of these other books that were described. So, Ursi, the original wizard school. Hey! <laughs> so, Gabriel, Ursi, a.k.a. Wizard School Prime. Yeah, there you go. Uh, features a section Get where... Roke, bro. ...where young students go to wizard school to learn and practice magic. On the Isle of Roke! Uh, the wizard boy accidentally summons an unspeakable and unnameable evil that scars wizard boy's face. A yes. scar that hurts when that shadowy evil happens to be near or its presence is felt. Uh-huh. So, I, and I copied and pasted this next section from the Wikipedia. Commenting on the similarity, Le Guin said that she did not feel that J.K. Rowling r- ripped her off, quote-unquote. Uh, but sure. <laughs> but that Rowling's books received Her actual usage was jacked my shit <laughs> jacked my shit fuck my shit up uh, <laughs> but that Rowling's books received too much praise for supposed originality and that Rowling quote could have been more gracious about her predecessors my incredulity was that was at the critics who found the first book wonderfully original she has many virtues but originality isn't one of them that hurt sick burn end quote I don't know what that that hurt means like she's like yes they were kind of mean. And that hurt. <laughs> I guess the idea that like, like, wow, the first woman to do this amazing storytelling. And yeah. Everyone's like, what the, what the fuck am I? Everyone's kind of I beg your like, pardon? oh my God, we're learning. We're going to school with these young wizards and we're kind of discovering magic in this wonderful set. And the Gwen being like, huh? Uh, excuse the fuck out of you? <laughs> she checks. It's like, I'm pretty sure Wizard of Earth, they came out in 1968. Yeah. You know? Hey yeah. guys, it's me, Urse. Your main man, <laughs> fucking abandoned. Yeah, y'all. So yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, an interesting thing I just want to say, and that's yeah. Th- there is more to talk about with her, especially more. because of because again, like her books aren't just unlike she's very different from a lot of like uh, classic fantasy writers who basically work on either a book or like a series. Yeah, she kind of like she's like her science fiction books are also just as like successful and popular. Cool. Um, about the same time that she published this, she published uh, it was like the Left Hand of Darkness. Yes. Which explores gender and sex in like a science fiction setting. Tight. 
uh, and apparently like Harold Bloom, infamous uh, 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 literary critic and weird fucking awful person. Super chill guy. Super chill dude. Uh, very friendly guy. Uh-huh. Uh, was like, these two books are masterpieces. Oh, so all right, Harold. So yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, no, she, there's a lot to talk about and it's hard not to talk about the fact that, you know, Oppenheimer is apparently like the, roughly like the main character of this dispossessed novel and everything. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about, but we can't yeah. do it all now. Ursula, big We're, topic. We've gone on incredibly long already. What? And it's all your fault. Me? Yeah, you. I didn't do nothing. So, uh, Gabriel. I've been holding in all my burps since. Okay. Well, speaking of holding in your burps. Yeah. If you can, in as quickly as possible, I'm timing All right, you. all right, all right. Can you tell us what happens in A Wizard of Earthsea? A Wizard of Earthsea is more or less the coming-of-age story of a young man who discovers that he has magical powers. A poor boy and on a poor island um, discovers that he has an adeptness of magic. His name is Dunny. Dooney? I think it's I think it's Dooney. Dooney. Yeah. And basically, um, as his magic grows, as he learns to use it, as he grows to be, as his poor folk grow more fearful of him, he um, gets taken in after a, a grand display of magic that defeats a whole kind of crew of, of raiding pillagers. He gets taken under the wing of a wizard master, an Obi-Wan of types, mm-hmm. who tries to kind of quell young Dooney's kind of younger, angrier teenage boy passions. Mm-hmm. He fails, obviously. And he, um, he sends Dooney off to wizard school. Wizard by school! Wizard school! It's called Warts Hog. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Varner Hertzfog. Varner Hertzfog, yeah. Yes. Fuck, what's the name of the of uh, the goddamn magician's school? I forget. It uh-huh. might as well be like... The, the, the book series The Magicians? Oh, oh yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, Magicians... Called takes a fuck ton from this. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. from what I've read of Magicians. Okay. Speaking of Magicians, congratulations from former guest of the show, TJ Heimsaw, for having a beautiful baby boy. Yay! Wizard Yay, school. Wizard school. <laughs> wizard, wizard school. school. Anyway, so uh, let's make a long story short out of this. As a student, as a brilliant student in this wizard school, he makes friends, he makes enemies, and during a magical duel where he lets his pride get the best of him. Which he, he has with, uh, what's Jasper. Jasper, okay. Yeah, his best friend's Vetch. Vetch, okay. For some reason, when I was listening, I kept getting those uh, getting the characters confused. I thought they were the same sure. person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so he gets goaded into a magical duel where he tries a magic that's well beyond his understanding or comprehension, which is to resurrect a dead woman. Mm-hmm. And when he does that, he opens kind of a dark crack in the world universe where a shadowy dark being like mm-hmm. escapes into the world and who horribly scars him so basically the rest of his journey is him recovering from this attack learning humility learning power learning respect for the world and eventually running from and then hunting down this shadowy figure who is kind of like a dark mirror to who he is yeah when we first see it it's kind of like this half-formed kind of humanoid thing yeah it's described as like like about a a shadowy um, formless figure that looks kind of like a child yeah but like a a gebeth i think it has like no head or something like that the star or something like that yeah Mm -hmm. and uh yeah no and uh kind of cutting a long story short because there's some like episodic kind of adventures that happen here and there for example and it it is a story about uh uh old old ged yeah he he gets named ged Mm -hmm. after being named duny but mostly in this world in the world of earthsea 
names, as you said, have a remarkable amount of power. Mm-hmm. So he goes, his true name is Ged, but he goes by Sparrowhawk. Yes. Uh, interesting enough, do you know who plays Sparrowhawk in Tales from Earthsea? Let movie? me know, bro. The American actor, or not the American, the English speaking actor mm-hmm. uh, who plays him is Timothy Dalton, apparently. Cool. Yeah. Why not? The yeah. Dalt. Uh, also, uh, Tales from Earthsea, I, I believe, if I get, if I'm getting this right, uh, kind of like. Is pick- his skin tone right in the movie? Or, I don't know, to be honest I watched with you. the first 20 minutes of Tales from Earthsea. Yeah. And which I is about know, as far as I got. Yeah, which is <laughs> maybe I got tainted by the by the stories, but I'm like, wow, this is not efficiently made. It's not. No, it's not a. It's not good. It's I, really I watched, not good. I watched Gordo's next film. I think uh, Poppy Hill, is that him? Yeah. And that was much better. Okay, not good. I imagine that having your father walk out on your first film. <laughs> would fucking scar you. <laughs> yeah, scars you. It makes you, I don't know. But... I, I read it, enough anime and manga to know that, oh, that's an origin story. I, I, I believe that, uh, yeah, from Up on Poppy Hill. And then, yeah, uh, did, I really like Poppy Hill. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, that movie takes from the first book, the first, third, and fourth books. Oh. Which I think from uh, kind of, like, not even looking at, like, the full length of, like, the saga of Earthsea or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, there's the original trilogy and then kind of, like, a sequel, a second trilogy. I gotcha. So, yeah. So it looks like it also kind of dips between cool. them. Uh, the last thing, important thing I think we should mention about the story is that it's told as the tale of how, like, like from the from the future of how Sparrowhawk became the archmage the greatest magician of their times and mm. it's like going back in time to his history so uh, uh, the, the structure of this was very very interesting to me and continually surprised me mm. so yeah that's that's for the most part what happens I mean we could talk about like details or whatever when we get back when we talk about our feelings but that said we need to stop time with this oh, stupid no. fucking book and we need to actually fucking shift over here we need to go on break when we come back we have a game to play Ugh. which you prepared for us I did and when we come back from that We'll talk about feelings, all right? Cool, bro. So, let's throw it to break. <gasps> Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener readers. What up? To... Slow breeders. <laughs> I was trying to get Gabe really bad because nope. he was taking a drink. <laughs> you know, I, I knew what you were doing, so I took a tiny little gulp of water uh-huh. and I got it just right. Uh-huh. Just right. I starring s- Queen Latifah and Common. I saw some liquid coming out of your lips there. And Paula Patton. I think you're quietly throwing up. Yeah, honestly, I've been doing that a lot lately. Nice. Well, it's been it's been Thanksgiving. I overate. <laughs> and like after Thanksgiving dinner, I like went to bed really early. I had a turmeric latte for my for my my digestion. Turmeric, yeah, it was really good. Okay. And then I'm uh, I went to bed. I laid my head down, and then I thought I burped, and my mouth filled with vomit, and I just swallowed it back down, went back to sleep. Cool. I know. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving from Gabe. Yeah. Gabe's stomach. Yeah, and that does remind me. I forgot to mention this a couple weeks ago, but happy birthday to Doctor Phil Laporta. It happened oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I I, I messaged him like the day after. Yeah. yeah. Also, happy birthday to Ibrahim Omar, friend of the show. Oh fuck, really? Yeah. When was that? I never remember. Fuck. I need a message. I think it's like the twelfth or something. I sent him a book. Oh, all right. I know. I'll message him. I, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's like the the twelfth or the nineteenth, something All right. like that. All right, but I did forget. Sorry, Eve. Even he doesn't listen to this show. He doesn't. Also, doesn't know my birthday. So whatever. Anyway, Gabriel. Yeah. What game? <laughs> Daniel. Close your eyes. Okay. Open them. Okay. 
Daniel, you are surrounded by a hideous, swirling Uh. maze of vines. Okay. The vines are black and curling. There's a kind of a strange, spiky red ooze emerging from them. It's like that novel, The Ruins. Exactly. Tendrils reach out to you. Uh. They kind of of waft and wheedle and reach out to you, but they can't touch you. Oh, no. Not Uh. yet, anyway. Are they speaking with the voices of people? They're whispering to you, and they're saying things like, Come on, baby. Baby, come on. Yeah. yeah. Or there's come some, on, baby. It sounds like, uh, what was that, like a Queens of the Stone Age song or something like that? Anyway, I was going to go more like the, Hey, pretty mama, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> they just, <laughs> the Yin Yang Twins whisper song? I was going to say, they just they, all they do is Crazy Town's Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. So they all do is Crazy Town's Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate that maze so much. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> so you're surrounded by this disgusting black vine maze that's all about Crazy Town. <laughs> Was that that's your name, right? Crazy Town? Cra- Crazy Town, I think so. It's been a while since I remember the fact. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a weird song. What a, what a terrible deep pull for now. Right. Anyway, um, in front of you are eight, sorry, Ten gates. These ten gates are doors to your freedom. Each behind each gate is a clue, a clue to the ultimate answer to the ultimate question. <gasps> Gabriel, what is the oh, wait? What is the question? Yeah, the question. The question is, name that famous wizard. <gasps> famous wizards. Famous wizards. There you go. Come on, lady. Come on, come on. <laughs> like, what the fuck's up with this horrible... 1999. Wow, that's that was a long time ago. Yeah, I know, right? All right. Anyways, so Daniel, as always, you have 10 health points. Oh, my God. Of every gate you open, you lose one health point. All right. If you attempt a guess at the answer and you are incorrect, you lose an additional health point. <gasps> but then you may pass and move on to the next gate. Okay, I get it. Okay, Daniel. I'm, I'm ready to. I'm ready to try my fucking. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, Daniel, please select a number between one and ten. Before I do that, uh-huh. I'm starting the theme music. Oh, start the theme music. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's right. I always forget it. Daniel, please add the wisp. Oh, did I not say the name? This is Gatekeeper. Yeah, you also missed that. I thought you were actually gonna say that, but that's alright. Gatekeeper. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. So now, Leslie, poor Leslie Feist is trying to talk over the theme. Over music Crazy now. Town. And Crazy Town. <laughs> oh, horrible. That's gonna be the new theme music. Yes. Yeah. Gonna be Crazy Town. <laughs> Awful. Oh, God. Daniel, please select the number between one and ten. All right, I pick number seven. Number seven. Number seven. All right, Daniel. This wizard's book series is told from the first person. Mm. Okay. So just going through my mind, mm-hmm. for example, famous wizards. Yeah. There are, for example, your Earthseas. Sure. There is your uh, your Tolkien's. Mm-hmm. And for example, there are there are your uh, King Killer Chronicles. Yeah. That's what it's called. Um, which is told mostly from the first perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's from, there's two, uh, as far as I know, there are two uh, narrators in that. Sure. Which is from the first person. And I don't really know what other famous wizards. Well, there's also, like, the wizards from, like, the Terry Brooks series. Yeah. There's also wizards I'm not thinking about. Yeah, huh? Gabriel? Yeah. 
I'm gonna take a point. Okay. Go to nine. Okay. I'm gonna pl pick. You're gonna plop. We're <laughs> no, gonna plop. Yeah. Uh, another game. Okay. I'm gonna pick. Yeah, yeah. Number nine. Number nine. Nine, nine. Okay, Daniel. Yeah, made you conscious now, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, honestly, I'm just trying to be decent because yeah. otherwise no, no, I'd be, I'd should, be no, ripping good, them out. Good, you should be congratulating me. No, no, no. Good job. You good. should be thanking me for not doing it. Okay. Number nine. That's a good one. Okay. The first book in this Wizards Famous Book series mm -hmm. came out in the year 2000. Okay. So it's not King Killer Chronicles. That, I think the first one, Name of the Wind, came out in 2007. Shrugs. So 2000, 2000. Shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this doesn't immediately come to mind because- well, you're uh, only two gates in. I'm only two gates in, yeah, sure. But I'm also like, wait. Uh, mm -hmm. Last time, I, last time I challenged you to the gatekeeper maze, you, you you made it out as a lumbering zombie, but you made it out. No, wait, wasn't that the other way around? No, no. Okay, whatever. I don't remember. Um, okay, so I tell you what, I'm gonna take another point. Okay. Off. You are at eight, eight points. Eight points. I'm gonna pick another gate, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. I am gonna select gate five. Five. Uh, this one might be really, really helpful to you. Okay. But we'll see how it goes. The television show featuring this wizard mm -hmm. premiered in 2007. <coughs> oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a guess of what this is. Okay. I think I do know what this is. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Is the wizard, and I think I'm getting this name right. John Dresden. Well, well, Daniel, uh, you are correct. Okay, it's not, it's not John. It's not John. What Dresden? What's his name? Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden. All right, okay. Wow, well, that's done, a Daniel. way more complicated you name. Number three. <laughs> that's a way more complicated name than I realized. <laughs> you escaped of seven health points. Woo. This is the exact opposite of last time. You selected all the right gates. Okay, cool. Let me go through the rest of them. All right. So, for listeners, this is Harry Dresden of the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. Yes, uh, I always remember this because um, at, uh, do you remember Dreamscape Comics? In I do remember. It is now Steel City Comics. Yes, uh, it was It was, uh, It was. was Dreamscape until the, there, it was owned by a husband-wife team, and the husband, unfortunately, passed away. Mm. And, uh, yeah, no, but it was like the place where my brother got most of his comics, basically. It's and, so far away from you guys. What a weird choice. Yeah, but that was the, that was the better, that was the best comic store comic in the Comic Masters. Area. Wasn't that bad? Yeah, it was. It wasn't, it wasn't anywhere near as good as, as Dreamscape. I suppose so. Um, but that said, uh, no, I, I remember they had um, for promotional stuff. They had like the business cards for. Oh, the Dresden files. business card. And it said, Harry Dresden. Where the fuck? I thought it was John. Yeah. Harry Dresden, and then below it, uh, uh, wait, <laughs> it was, I believe, investigator, wizard. Yes. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So, clue number one, adaptations of this wizard's stories include graphic novels, a tabletop game, and a TV series. Mm. Clue number two, the character's name is taken from three different stage magicians. So, Harry Blackstone Copperfield comes from Harry, Harry Houdini, Houdini, Harry Blackstone, and David Copperfield. Okay. Yeah. Um, number three, this wizard specializes in what's called quick and dirty magic. 
or kaboom magic or battle magic. Okay, that's interesting. Gate four. The creator of this wizard was born in 1971. Mm-hmm. Gate six. This wizard has starred in at least 17 books. Gate eight. The creator of this character is a big fan of Laurel K. Hamilton. <laughs> Apparently, um, he had been trying to write serious high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Then he went to a workshop and someone was like, just try and write something boilerplate like what Laurel K. Hamilton does. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fine, I'll write this dumb fucking stupid formula book to make you happy. And that was Stormfront. <laughs> that which first, is the first uh, yeah person. which is really hilarious to me uh, yeah. and number 10 uh-huh. this wizard wields a number of magical items including an oaken wizard staff a shield bracelet magical silver rings and a blasting rod I gotta be honest I was I got very lucky with you those, got really those, lucky yeah because like the other ones I'm like I would have gotten yeah, you nothing. would have been sunk I don't know much about Dresden mm-hmm. and like yeah, like I, I guess everyone exactly. I guess the right gates for that because I would have been lost for a good thing. Because I, it's I don't anybody's know. game in yeah. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. I, I'm interested in reading these Dresden stories. I started reading Stormfront a couple of years ago because of T.J. Heimsaw. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I, I was liking it, but I just kind of faded away from it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to. For example, picking that as like another fantasy series. For example, he described it as him doing like a Laurel K. Hamilton thing. Yeah. I hate the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter series. I do not like those stories. And like, even if like I might find at this stage be like, okay, this one's kind of enjoyable. And if it's like, want to read more, I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. They kind of fill this point. Like Laurel K. Hamilton, um, Richard Cadre, Sandman Slim. These are all mm-hmm. kind of like cool nerd cosplay fantasy series yeah where you're, you're a modern day hero who does magic and you're more adult than harry potter and you think you're cooler than harry potter but you're probably not yeah yeah it, it, i mean there's like a fan base for that clearly i mean they make yeah fucking millions or they whatever. make they make a lot of money but not really my thing um apparently that... apparently the character of harry Dresden is six foot nine huh that's what I read on the on it's Wikipedia. Like fucking bigger than Jack Reacher. Hey, hey. <laughs> not tall enough to be in the NBA though. No, really? No, that's he could be. Okay, I was but gonna he's, say he's, he's shorter compared. That's a weird thing. He's like grotesquely tall. Yes, I'm yeah. like, are you sure? It's like six foot nine. It's like that's not. I don't that's know. a huge dude. That's a huge dude. I, I don't know. Like you know, p- people like a taller guy, and like, and I'm thinking like, like yeah, no, a taller guy. You'd imagine it's like so like an attractive height you know like 6'2 yeah. Yeah. but if you said like 6'5 it'd be like alright yeah, that's, 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 that's a little tall I mean, for me sure much. you like a tall guy and then it's like what about 6'9 six six foot foot, nine. Nine, it'd be like what? It's like what? That's, that's getting a bit. Uh, Where does he get his shoes? I mean, not, not to be an asshole about you know, towards, <laughs> towards like very very tall guys. I mean, no, no you know, no offense at all. Honestly, fuck you, tall guys. I don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> sorry, Gabe doesn't like. I, I do just, not. I just saw somebody on Twitter made this really awesome joke, which is like, I like watching old movies because all the women are gorgeous and all the dudes are a bunch of bug-eyed five foot two alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I like love Bogart. Anyway. Yeah, I love Bogart. I love Bogart. And, and Bogart light Jason Robards. Yeah. You know, well done, Daniel. You won Gatekeeper. With, uh, <laughs> this is your highest score I think you've ever had. Probably. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jason Robards. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a mess. Yeah. I, I don't know too much about him, but I've seen him in several things. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing in A, a Long Day's Journey Tonight. Never seen that. Yeah, he's amazing in that. I've only seen him in the the Leone films. He was in oh, uh, Once Upon Time. He was in Once Upon Time in the West, and he was in. Uh, he was in the West. Who was he in that one? Yeah, he was the criminal. One second. 
Are you I sure? Wanna, I want to make sure because... Miss Henry Fonda is the bad guy. Once there's Henry the Fonda, Charles Bronson, and, and Jason Robards. Really? Wow. Yeah. I must have completely missed Here, that. Here, one second. Well, I've seen that movie. Once upon I borrowed your DVD in high school. In the West. Because that'd be crazy if it wasn't. Okay, yeah, Jason Robards. Yeah, oh, gosh. Right. I guess I never hey, he was him. also in uh, Duck You Sucker. It's oh, yeah. Duck You Sucker. <laughs> Duck You Sucker. What's the what's the other name of that fucking t- movie? I don't remember. I need to look this up. This whole episode is me being like, I need to look this up. Hold yeah. On. Welcome to our show. Yeah. Okay. So it's official. It's official Western title is Duck, comma You Sucker exclamation yes. mark. Correct. Which is it was kind of like it's like the conversation of like Sergio Leone movies where it's like in the middle of all these movies whose names that even if you've never seen them you know. Sure. And then it's like, then he made Duck You Sucker, and you're like, what? Yeah, like if you told me that was a black exploitation film, I, uh, that makes much more sense. It looks like it, but it starred a uh, Rod Steiger, Jason Ro- Coburn, James Coburn, <laughs> I can't read, and Romalo Valley. Yeah, cool. Zapata Western film. Uh. Sure. Anyway, that's my brother's wheelhouse. So that's a uh, great job, Daniel. Yeah, good, good. That's game. how you play Gatekeeper. That's how you play Gatekeeper. That's it. We need to go on break. Okay. When we come back. We need to do what we fear the most. Uh huh. Talk about our feelings. Talk about our. Uh, share our names? Yeah, we need to talk about our true names. There you sure. Go. That's it? Uh huh. Okay. okay. Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener readers. What up? Two. Hello, readers. Laconic literature. Laconic literature. Uh, laconic, uh, laconic, laconic literati. Laconic literati. There, there you go. go. Yeah. Cool. La- that's our show. That's our new show. That's us. Join us in 2021 when we're called babies? Laconic Literati, Ugh. aka Double L's. Yeah. And uh, aka Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still Gabe. Unless you're Argentinian, at which point it's a Sa. Or yeah, or, or if you're in yeah, that's true. It makes sense. It's no, it doesn't. So, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand uh, how in for some reason dialect in, in, in the, the the Southern America in some regions the double L is an S. Sure. Anyway, well, and that's why Castilian <laughs> comes from the king. The king had a lisp. That's why Castilian exists. Is that why? Yeah. God. The king had a lisp and insisted that so everyone, everyone had to pretend to have a lisp as well. One hundred percent true. So, the, so it's like let's not make the king feel bad. Yes, this is completely true. So from now on, our language has a lot of yeah, cero. Wow. Como está? That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I took like six years of Spanish. So this is a uh, slow readers, and mm-hmm. we're gonna we we're, now is a part of the thing where we tell our true names. Talk about our names. We talk about our true names. Call me by your name. Call me by your true name. Mm. That's, That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we came up with <laughs> that idea. We're both envisioning yeah. it, like, huh? <laughs> it's like it's it's, it's that same thing, but it, it's just all revolving around like the it evoking true names and having yeah. power over. Or same movie, so everyone's wearing a wizard hat. It's about wizards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Hot gay wizard action. Gabriel. So, this is the first that you didn't know anything about Laguin. I I really picked this randomly. I suggested to you. Um, uh, let's do either this or we do um, uh, Emily of New Moon or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, and I, I think I said this one. I forgot. No, because I've always been interested. We were drunk. And uh, and I uh, not to get too far ahead because I wanted you to go first, but like oh, I... Oh, shit! But I had a... I bought a copy of uh, Wizard of Earthsea a while ago and I picked it up to read it because it's like, oh, this is like one of the seminal fantasy novels literature out there. Yeah. And I picked this up and I didn't get very far and I was like, I didn't get into it. Yeah. Um, that said, 
so like that's that's what I knew from Le Guin before this, besides the yeah. fact that like she is a big fucking deal. Yeah. But Gabriel. Yeah. Now that you've I'm I'm assuming read it all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Gabriel? Mm-hmm. How did you like it? I loved it. Oh my god. I was shocked that I love it. I told you that after I started it. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm really into this. Yeah. Um like, like I said before that um I'm I my favorite fantasy series as a kid was uh The Chronicles of Perdane by mm-hmm. Lloyd Alexander. And this reminds me of that so much, but there's there's ever so much more maturity to this mm-hmm. that I feel like if I had discovered this book series in high school, I would have fallen head over heels in love with it. That I like I like this so much that I regret I didn't find it sooner. Yeah. I I was like it's one of those stories. It's a it's it's fantasy, tried and true. But there's something about it that I find really really well told that I wasn't aware of what it was trying to do every other scene. So it was building towards a climax. And, you know, like, like I study script structure and story structure all the time. It's what I do. And this is the kind of thing that if a modern writer tries to emulate how stories were told in the past mm-hmm. without, like, uh, obvious act <clears throat> one breaks, that kind of bullshit, uh-huh. it comes off weird what, like, what do you mean? What do you mean older stories? You mean like older as in early twentieth century, or like old? Old. Okay. Like I think that this this follows the kind like of like a Mabinogian. Yeah, it, it follows like a Mabinogian tale. That I think that this this has a, a character journey that surprises you. That you, you we're introduced to characters and something climactic happens to them, and then mm-hmm. an interaction is had, and then we just move right the fuck on. Mm-hmm. That is an entire. We didn't even mention in the in the description the whole the whole dragon chapter. Yeah, there's a whole dragon saga that happens. Uh, he fails to save the child of like his best friend in the uh, islands. Yeah, no. Uh, speaking of which, um, when I was when I like, again when I was revisiting, kind of like reading what happens in the Wikipedia, uh, and I kind of laughed at like the dragon isn't mentioned at all in the Wikipedia summary. No, well, wow. No, like I feel like the first like quarter or third of like the what happens in the in the novel is like told in like oh, like the first half of the wikipedia entry uh-huh. and then like it just and then it goes from that to like um kind of confronting or going going on the hunt for the mm. shadow creature and then like and then it kind of briefly mentions going the other thing we didn't mention uh he he like fucking like after confronting the shadow thing he like wakes up on like some fucking island where he's like oh, what yeah. the fuck was it he does it a couple of times there was one where like there's like some lady who's like yeah just talk to my stone and uh-huh. it's like a fucking lovecraft stone or shit oh i thought you were and talking it, about the other thing and then there's the other the thing other that happens island where he meets the, with the, the fucking blue lagoon couple cuz i think the same thing happened where he confronts the shadow thing again and then like, he wakes up and then like there's these yeah, like these he's hunting the shadow yeah. creature across the seas and the shadow creature fucking tricks him into crashing his boat into a reef mm-hmm. and then he gets like sort of saved slash he just stays with an old couple who are apparently like a former like a a exiled like prince and princess or something yeah something like and that they're old now and they're kind of weird and don't speak yeah they were like literally like I, it was something where was it a thing where like to be together they had to be like exiled or like shunned something by their like family that. something like that this yeah. reminds me so much of like of of the, like the great combination of classic Mabinogian era storytelling with mm-hmm. like Edgar Rice Burroughs, Robert E. Howard storytelling. Yeah. That there's mm. there's 
like talk of legacy and legend and foreshadowing. Like apparently, uh, like he receives a ring from the old woman on the island, mm-hmm. and this plays into the next couple of books. It reminded me so much of like reading like a Conan story, where like Conan saves a thing, then it gets a thing, but then little do we know that Conan will once again handle the Minotaur of Cocktown. Cocktown. Yes. My favorite place. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's got nothing to do with cocks. I mean, it's just, no, that's just the name. No, it's just the name. It's a really nice place. They have really good food there. Yeah, Badminton yeah. Rains. A healthy uh, healthy mix of like ethnic kind of like uh, foods that they have. Just a really yeah, nice Everyone wakes up really right nice. on time. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Much like Whoville. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Full circle, baby. I, I think that was actually something we said off, <laughs> off air. Yeah. Um, but that said, uh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I I was really into it. I enjoyed it. T to B. I was really really into it. Um, I can't wait to read the rest of the books. Yeah, Dan. What about you? What were your I, feelings I, on this? I'm curious about this. And it, this did feel a lot like reading Perdane. Where right? like it was one of those things. It's like no, I I kind of wish that I read this when I was younger. Yeah, because like this would have been something I was into. In fact, I'm wondering if this is something I've read when I was very young. Really? I Interesting. feel like it was. There's something very familiar about this world mm. and like the characters and like also again because um as you've I don't, actually don't remember if we actually said this like the setting is essentially like as the earth kind of as the title uh kind of refers to it is like a very like it's like an ocean world essentially yeah a lot and, of boating and a lot of and like basically the only way to connect between these islands uh w- is like through boat yeah there's uh, a lot of boating going on and i was like i bet daniel's really in all this boating yeah and uh it, 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 you know who was really fucking was into that who? that bald fucking sociopath brian jakes <laughs> that fucking weirdo fucking sailor man yeah, but um but that said like no i, I felt like I, I, was, I was enjoying it um I, I i didn't i probably didn't love it as much as you i still don't like the way the story begins uh, really? Yeah, it just begins so slowly, just where at something, and it's like, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like... I bought into it. Though. The, I thought that the, the pace from the beginning is like, you, you <clears> think <throat> it might lead to a slow, plodding tale <clears throat> of, oh, I'm a poor, dumb boy. Like, this book isn't bogged down by modern... St- Emotional storytelling. There, there is no, it, there's it, no scenes in like no that scenes. first in that just, first section. It moves especially. forward very, very yeah. briskly, very, and like only the it, it's, it's like classic legends. Only the important emotional beats are told, and then it moves forward. Yeah, that, which is and it, it's it's interesting, and also kind of like throws me off because I, I thought it, I was expecting something more like Perdane. Mm. Perdane, for example, is the other way around where it's nothing but scenes. You yes, know? Um, and in this, you're just like it. But it was it was that weird thing where it's like I was yeah it, it was just it's a very very strange kind of beginning and it's very brisk. I don't, I don't know if I after I, the opening. I don't know if I I don't know if I dug that. I mean, this is me being overly critical. I mean, it's a it's a good fucking novel. They, d- hey, the book this is a literature the, podcast. The book doesn't need me to kind of like fucking edit this because like it's literally everyone's favorite fucking book and if it's not theirs it's like you know uh margaret atwood's george rr R. martin's you uh-huh. know like they all fucking love this shit yeah, right it, it really knocked me on my ass that i oh. i think i told the story before that i remember i i i asked our middle school librarian to recommend me a book series mm-hmm. and i read all of the chronicles of Perdane and okay. i loved it and then I asked, what's next? And she was like, I, I don't know. Try a Sword of Shannara by Terry Brooks. And I started Sword of Shannara, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? What? I'm not into this. So, yeah. no, I, I'm... And I, I feel like, like I, I, 
Um, sort of Shinera went in the opposite direction of getting more bogged down into personal detail mm-hmm. and lengthy descriptions of flora and fauna that I was just not interested in. Yeah. And I think that the 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 splitting the difference between that would and Chronicles of Perdane would be the Earthsea series. And yeah. I'm I'm kind of like kicking myself a little bit for not reading these when I was like twelve. I, I'm both interested in reading like kind of like what like the later books are because also I feel like in a in a weird way i mean it's not like at all it actually turns out like the story is fucking interesting as hell in terms of the fact that this is like a very let's call it like metaphorical journey between like it starts with him being like this very prideful kind of like boasting boy yeah. with a lot of power who kind of like you know over exceeds his grasp yeah, it, and like it feels like a myth and, and kind of like and like kind of like like creates this shadow creature that was the only thing i could have <laughs> whacked with my hands uh, this shadow creature that basically the climax is not that he's going to defeat it, but in fact he returns it to himself. Yeah. Did you predict that ending? Because this this book yeah. is all about how like uh, what was the name of the shadow creature? Yeah. And then and then at some point someone's like, "It knew your name." That's so interesting. I'm like, so the climax it's... is going to be him being like, "Your name is Ged." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's another thing I'm going to read. I don't, I'm not going to get too far ahead. It didn't ahead, affect but... the journey for me at all. Yeah. It it doesn't like also because like you expected. I, I didn't know when the book when you're listening to this book like you expect yeah you don't know when it's gonna end oh I had the opposite experience because I, I read it on Kindle yeah. and for me I'm like oh we're only 20 pages away and he's still on the sea with Vetch still hunting this creature yeah it, it, he it, met Yarrow it's an interesting thing where like you I like you, when the first time they mentioned it's like oh go go on the hunt it knows your name, wink, and then you're like, okay, final climactic thing, and it's like it's not at all. And that's they don't. Yeah. So you but, know much more about Taoist shit than I do. Yeah. Do you not? I so, thought you did. It's, it's been a while. You no, know, I, you know enough to say if a D. Yeah, I I know that, and I know that. Um, I think uh, I think I had this conversation with you, or maybe with somebody else, because like people aren't confused. They they think that there's Tao. Sure. And then there's Dao, and like, and I've I had a conversation with somebody who was like, those are two different things, and I'm like, actually, no, they're not. It's the same <laughs> thing, but it's the depending on how it's like this weird, interesting thing where like, if you in prose format letters, it translates to a T, but pronunciation, it's a D, and mm-hmm. it's like this. I don't obviously don't know Chinese anyway. Uh, it's it's whatever romanization and transliteration that like mm-hmm. even now like reading Japanese text yeah. like. Like the S U K is always the U is always silent. It's as whatever weird choice the linguist chose. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing, and it's always kind of like a imprecise art. But um, no, and tell you what, ins- instead of speaking about necessarily like the kind of like Taoist kind of like spiritualism about this, because it, it I mean, it, it makes it very clear what it's about. Yeah. Um, it, it incorporates that into the hard magic of the world, which I thought was really wonderfully done. Yeah, and also like I think Taoism is less understood than some other like Eastern kind of things, which kind of like with Western religions where there's like a Venn diagram where like they kind of intersect and tell the same stories but maybe like from different interpretations sure different political kind of like you know whatever influences you have that kind of in the east as well where like Taoism also seeped into like Buddhism and especially into like Shintoism for example yeah I can see that where it's it's very much about like harmony and kind of like your relationship with uh, with nature and there's this as what's described in here there's like this interesting kind of like displacement thing mm. um, oddly enough you know a, a great example of, of like this in fantasy is told in the Witcher TV series hey! when, uh, when, when there's the wizard school in there with uh, I don't remember the names, but when Yennefer, Yennefer is a girl, yeah. uh, when she goes to like her school in the the tower, fuck. Sure. Uh, I love that story in series, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. But like for example, it's I just a, want a Yennefer show. 
it's the idea that like you just can't like lift a stone with using your mind or magic it's like you have to take from something else because like there's no it's not yeah as mass is not created or destroyed it's just yeah. displaced so it's, it's that kind of interesting thing but yeah. like on a spiritual and deeper kind of level i think that's really cool and uh, a lot of i tell you what a lot of reading this is just like I'm immediately thinking of all these other stories that I really, really like that clearly are based on that Earthsea was kind of like the start. Interesting. Of it. Like, for example, reading this when they talk about true names, when they talk about like, you know, like, like there is no, for example, matter not created or destroyed, reminded me of reading The Name of the Wind. Mm-hmm. Name of the Wind is fucking fascinating because it's not like, again, like Harry Potter, I couldn't really, I, I was never really into. And that's that the Harry Potter clearly, Rowling never cared about the hard magic of the world. Yeah. Magic is magic is magic is magic. It, there were like mystery stories with with, with magic. Yeah. They're yeah. mystery, personal, like coming of age stories where magic is incidental to the world. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very simple. But like, I weirdly was into like, let's call it like, as you said, like hard fantasy or hard mm-hmm. magic I guess yeah where like, like a hard magic world it, it's not too D&D where like isn't mm-hmm. like it's not like really it's there's not like it an algorithm feels, yeah it but, still feels mystical it, it feels it feels real but at the same time like as yeah. like mystical there was consideration put into how magic works into this world that yeah the fabric of the world is built on how magic is essential to the world versus um, mm-hmm. Harry Potter where why are people poor yeah, <laughs> like it, you just conjure food. Like I, I, I don't know. That that, yeah, that was not the purpose of Harry Potter. I, I am completely understanding of that. Yeah, but also, like. I think a story, a, a fantasy world is made much more interesting by having an understanding of your world mm-hmm. while making it interesting. And I think uh, from from this book, at least, I feel like, oh, Ursula K. Le Guin walked into writing this series with, I want to combine magic with Taoism, Taoism, <laughs> and also my understanding of like give and take. That the whole story is ultimately about equilibrium. Mm-hmm. It's about how Ged summons something and he runs from it and it's himself and he come and the final climax of the story is becoming one with himself again yeah. by accepting the darkness there, there's an that, there's that interesting thing where like yeah like all like if you ha- you can't have like a completely hard fantasy kind of thing because it, it's you shouldn't ever lose track of the characters and the people you yeah know? and like like the best stories do that and like maybe like maybe the ones that aren't that interesting like because i always feel like other fantasy writers like what's his name like Brandon Sanderson Brandon Sanderson Sanderson yeah like he's like really hard like sci-fi fantasy yeah Um, I don't care enough to learn any numbers about magic that's what I was trying to describe in terms of like the D&D reference I was like it's like like it doesn't spell out algorithms yes but like unless unless it's like that weird kind of like that thing where it's like as much as I love like a Masmu and Shiro kind of thing it's like Unless, like, that is just the style of the way that it's told, you know? <laughs> I think, yeah, that, that, that's, that's tech, though, yeah. as opposed to magic. There, there's that weird kind of, like, fetishism of, like, the yeah. tech, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's but, fascinating. But, uh, I'm sorry, but spe- uh, you know what this really reminds me of? Wait. Like, my actual favorite fantasy writer. Wait! Susanna Clark. Oh, yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Which is a story... What I, what I read of that first book was yeah. very, very... I, I, I saw the levels there. A- author of uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell, and the most recently published uh, Paranisi if I'm pronouncing it right it's Italian has it come out yet have you gotten it yes I, yeah <laughs> I, oh, I read right. it I mean yeah um, but uh, which for example like that is all about like the cost of magic and like how it fits in with history it's an alternate history do you story. know what else does that what does 
Dr. Phil Laporta's favorite anime, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Is that what that's about? Yeah, that's okay. entirely about the the mathematical cost of magic. Okay, and it's, it's like it's, an alchemy, yeah. Yeah, it's alchemy, okay. and really like, and I think that's that is a great series. That honestly, I would love to revisit at some point okay. about what is the cost of manipulating matter. Yeah. And it leads uh. to shit like little girls being trapped in dog bodies like begging to be killed. That that's 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 and yeah, because like and am I wrong like yeah, they're completely Magic different. should have rules. Diff- different interpretations of this. And like and like the idea once you think about that, it's like, hey, you know, magic just happens in some of these like like mythological stories or like earlier fantasy stories like but like what if there were like consequence it's crazy that yeah. someone just goes snap your fingers and a thing happens the thing mm-hmm. you want to happen it's like what if that's the thing yeah. because uh jonathan strange and mr l the primary i think conflict that happens um that is the idea that fucking mr norell brings a woman back from the dead and mm-hmm. he makes like some like crazy fucking deal with like it with a, a, a oh my god i want to say an elf Okay. I could be getting a, <laughs> no fairy. I'm sorry. Okay. A fairy, which are like insane magical creatures from another universe. Yeah. And like that, and like it's all about the cost of doing like incredible magic. And then Jonathan Strange tries to help in the Napoleonic Wars, and like he does a thing where he brings back like a bunch of like French soldiers back from the dead, and then he's stuck with a house full of reanimated fucking French soldiers, and he's like, I don't know what to do with them. They're alive, and I don't, I don't know what to do. So like for for me, all this, all this. <laughs> I, I don't I really don't mean this to be a, a like a, a a critique of Harry Potter uh-huh. but for me that when you have a fantastical world I I respect and admire so much dedication to an understanding of what the cost of magic is yeah. where does it come from that magic like, like it's it's just much more mature storytelling yeah. to <clears throat> to tell a story of what does what is the cost of magic and 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 yeah to also kind of like uh, to, to agree with what you're saying it's like yeah no we, we want to make sure that like because that's a really kind of like lazy thing that you want a story to kind of be something else that it's not you yeah. know but like we're not saying that yeah, no. About about any of these, including Harry Potter. Harry Potter totally knows what it wants to be. Yes. And it does that. It's so. not a hard magic world, and that's fine. Yeah. But I would have liked it better if there was a little bit more understanding of that. Yeah. Plus, if, if all these fucking horny ass children were just being uh, like, no. like, what if we made, what if we did some uh, uh, f- weird science shit? Yeah. I was going to call it freaky science. I forgot the name <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> any hoozles. So, yeah. So that said, uh, let's move on to the one thing we like to do with uh, with the things we read. Brought to us by our old buddies from the Whip Around podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please check out the Whip Around uh-huh. podcast coming out every Whip Around. Wednesday, Whip Around is one word. It is not the Fox News show. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday, Dr. Phil Laporta and Shawnee B. Hayes bring you all the weird news mm-hmm. and especially all the things macabre in science because they love you and care about you. Mm-hmm. In honor of Sean Hayes, the host of that show, Daniel. Yes. 15 years from now, someone's going to say to you, hey, have you heard of this Wizard of Earthsea book? What are you going to remember from it? What is your hazy memory? That's a good point. What is my hazy memory? Because I'm trying to think, like, maybe I I do really dig, like, the dragon scene, for example. That was pretty great. It, it was pretty interesting and also like weirdly straightforward again like when I said like it's like weird how like you're kind of waiting for a scene to happen and yeah. it takes a while for it to happen I feel like we don't get a like a full scene until we get like to a wizard set, school like a set piece I think so like a scene where like oh, people two characters 
stop in a in a location and have a conversation that yeah. has a beginning middle end the first one is like is the thing of jasper i think that's wizard school right this was yeah okay I'm trying to think because like uh, like the thing. Oh, There's also the little girl in the field. We hadn't mentioned the the the, the aunt who's like a witch who kind of like kind of like te- tells him like a little bit to do. I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to remember. That's what I mean. Yeah, um, I think there's the little girl mm-hmm. who turns out to be the the girl from the from the weird stone tower. Yeah, and she's like, I bet you couldn't raise that, that the happens dead. Pretty far into the the novel. The first time, no. No, wait. I'm sorry. I thought. Um, no, there's a okay. little girl that he meets in the field when he's being taught by Ogion, uh-huh. and she's like, and Ogeon. she's the one who she's the one who persuades him for the very first time as a teenager to look into the book of summoning the dead or whatever, mm-hmm. and the shadow comes out, and she's also the same girl from the tower. Yeah. Well, no, you are completely right. There are very few scene scenes in this movie. Book. In the movie book. <laughs> Speaking of movie, um, Goro. Le Guin complimented the movie, uh, as, as although she said, like, I feel like the the movie was focusing too much on violence, and also apparently the movie has like a villain where the climax is, oh, if we defeat the villain, then everything works, and like, and she was like, that's never really what like Earthsea's been about. That's honestly, that's such a tragedy. Yeah, I, and I'm sorry, this d- could have been like, I could have, I could have seen a, fucking a princess Mononoke. Hayao Miyazaki yeah, this, yeah, what he would have done with it would it, have been something really magical. Also, you know, it also like kind of prompted Hayao to kind of like step out of the theater and have that. Cigarette. You're gonna watch this on YouTube. Watch it, guys. It's fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but you know what probably did that is that you know he fucking loves Ursi. Oh, does that makes yeah. so much sense? And honestly, oh um, uh, for example, uh, Spirited Away uh, brings up the thing where it's like there's a power about knowing something's true name. Oh yeah. So um, also I want to say you know and I and I hate to kind of jump back to time out our feelings and including talking about talking to Susanna Clark and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, which is kind of interesting, especially in terms of uh, Le Guin's kind of she became a feminist. She wasn't really a feminist back then. It's kind of interesting going back here. There's like, there are hardly any female characters in this. And, yeah. it, and what, oftentimes when they're like, they'll be like, oh, there's a woman over there. Yeah. And like, it's just like, yeah, she's hot. And like, that's it. It's all like, it's all like dudes and everything. There are right? two women in the book. There's, well, there's three. There's the aunt. Yeah. There's Yara, which is Vetch's younger sister who has like, she's the one who gets the explanation of what the hard magic is yeah. in a very like <clears throat> philosophical way. And then there's the fucking, uh, there's the woman in the, the, the place with the evil stone. Yeah. There's yeah. the fucking like, scorpion woman yeah who basically traps him yeah that's a i hope we go back to that i, mean, I do wonder cool. yeah i know but um and that kind of and and that's a really interesting kind of thing where like i i know the apparently the other Earthsea books have like more apparently there's like another one that has like yeah, a very there's a princess who's like a main character who's also like scarred or something so, something like that yeah like who goes to like a similar kind of like yeah. like a, a buildings roman kind of like story about her kind of becoming herself I think so, uh, but sure. uh, but so like yeah, that happens, and and again, that kind of reminds me of, and it's like that's interesting, and, and again, reading this really clearly, my kind of overall opinion is like I couldn't stop thinking about the kind of stories that are clearly based on this that I always like more. It's, it's yeah, it's but, easy to see that because uh, speaking of Susanna Clark and Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, it was an interesting decision she made where she was like, well, this is an alternate history taking place during the Napoleon Wars, where mm-hmm. like specifically it was about you know wealthy men in power like yeah. that that's what it, it had to be about that so there but there are there are female characters and they're very important and they they definitely are fully realized people but but like she was like but it's very important that like most of like the primary actors in this are going to be like 
they're all do they're all guys yeah, because all that's men. that's just how it was mm-hmm. back in the day. It was an interesting thing where it's like I had to make it realistic. Interesting. Well, Daniel, she, did, did, did that make it lesser for you? Because I think once upon a time we had a film podcast mm-hmm. and we talked about the Maltese Falcon. And um, uh, I remember, I think, if I recall correctly anyway, you and I were like, boy, this sure feels like the prototype for things that were much better later. Did you still enjoy it on its own merits, despite knowing that what it it produced was better? Yeah, no, I I enjoyed scenes from it. And again, like, kind of like, it is an interesting thing where I'll always be interested in literary history, which is Mm. why Le Guin would always be important. This is why, like, also other are. Uh, writers who like I don't really enjoy like for example Lovecraft's a big one yeah I don't really enjoy reading him but why like why is that our best rated episode That's oh it so... was for a time I don't know if it is anymore has something beaten it yeah I think so well like it, it makes sense when the more mo- like recent episodes got yeah. popular because that it should have we should have goddamn better be li- listeners thing please rate review and subscribe but like but no th- so like that's why it's always interesting and that's why um but no but I, I yeah no I, I was with this it made me kind of like want, want to read Le Guin's probably better books like a number of later ones i really want to read the dispossessed i want to read maybe some of these like later kind of like standalone earth sea stories i'm assuming they're standalone i don't fucking know but yeah i think get appears in a bunch of them so that's my uh, easy memory all of it (laughs) all of that it's the fact that it's like i kept thinking of this and i'm like huh i love susanna clark gabe that's fair uh hazy memory that's tricky because i I think i mean like uh as we, as you just said, I clearly like this way more than you did. That yeah. um, I remember when we did the Martha Wells murder bot books, mm-hmm. I was like, this is fun. I'm not going to read any more of this until I have to for this show. And then we did all and of them. And then we did. Well, we still have to do the novel. But, oh, um, yeah. Uh, you haven't done that yet. I forgot about that. Hey, that could be that could be part of our next year well, um, uh, plan. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But um, uh, this one, however, um, I... It, it, it shocked me how much I liked it. That mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I put, I, as usual, I bought it on my Kindle, and I'm like, well, I guess I better start reading this. And I was hooked. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm really, really into this book. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to buy the rest on my own. I'm, I, I, Part of what I like about maybe the main reason why I like having a Kindle is that I don't have to buy... There's no physical space occupied by books I don't want. Mm-hmm. That I don't buy a physical copy of a book unless I want to own it. Yeah. And I don't want to necessarily own physical copies of Martha Wells' Murderbot books, which I like a lot. Yeah. But I, I actually... I got that one physical copy. Yeah. I actually... I want to own the entire Earthsea series now. You could this, probably buy it. I'm, I'm sure I could. It, 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 Let this, me look that up. <laughs> yeah. This, this series grabbed me, and okay. I, I really regret I didn't get to see, read it sooner. But I suppose that what I'm going to remember is just, oh gosh, I suppose it's going to be that talk he has of Yarrow about what it means to, like, he can't just say, turkey pie, and mm-hmm. it arrives. It's not the same thing, that it's with light and power, that it takes a lot of grace as a writer to to carefully explain what matter means in your world what stakes are in your world what mm-hmm. what what works what is magic and like, i think uh it, it's it's so easy to say fuck it it's magic mm-hmm. and it takes a very good writer to say that's the star wars approach yeah exactly until they made a glory in it and i think this is this is a perfect example of there's just enough mystery and there's just enough care to make this magic world feel real 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'll remember most. And honestly, I'm looking forward to to seeing what the tombs of whatever are all about. Hatuan! What, what, what is this ring adventure he's going on about? Hey. That was an element of like Conan the Barbarian where I'm like, in one book, he achieved a ring. He received a ring that's going to be the epic adventure of the Fluff the Fluff. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, this is one of my favorite things we read for the show. Like, period. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty cool. And I tell you what, you, you should act fast. Oh, no! Because right now, this, this, okay, I'm trying to make sure what this is. It's called the Books of Earthsea, the complete <gasps> illustrated edition. So, one second. Is this really, is this all of them? There's like, it's like so, six, isn't there? Yeah, they're all together. Okay, you should buy this immediately. How much? Because it's it? available. It's $28. Okay, that's a really good deal. It's all of them. It's full price, 60 bucks. Are they illustrated? Yeah. Well, it's one book. Oh, it's one book? Yeah. No, you should get this immediately. I don't know about that. It's a thousand, it's a thousand pages. It's $27. It's full price, 60 bucks. But I like having individual cut books. I don't want to read a book. Yeah, but that's book. more expensive. Well, also, look that. how cool that looks. It's going to be it's huge really and colorful. And illustrated. It's got pictures. I know. But you know, also, one of my favorite things I bought was the entire look. Anne of Green Gables series. It's a box set of smaller books. I don't like lying in bed and reading a huge book. Well, that, it just, like makes me feel very uncomfortable. You just got to read on your stomach. <laughs> no. Look, pass. look, also, yeah, I, can get a, I can get a $5 coupon. That's a great deal, though. Shit. It's 53% off. That's a really good at deal. At least. All right. I don't know. I don't know if I'd read it, though. What? You're going to read it. No, I'd rather read the whole the, thing. I just said the whole point of the Kindles that's easy. Well, this is one book. It's just it's one I'd rather thing. have I'd rather go to our local beautiful um independent bookstore, the Iliad Bookshop, and I'd rather find ugly paperbacks of it, like like Titus Grown and shit. Yeah. I real I ah, goddamn, I wanted to buy those Titus Grown books. Yeah, no. That'd be a fun thing to talk about. That'd be nice. No. Well, we have a lot of ideas. Oh, God. Anyway. You know what's really cool? What? Uh, 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 not to mention him again. So, uh, George R.R. R. Martin, right? He has, that, he has that short story collection, uh, Dream Songs. Yeah. And I, I had to go back into this and whatnot because uh, he, between the, each of the different sections about, like, like he has, like, the books kind of, like, in groups or whatever. And yeah. he intros them. And he talks about, like, getting into fantasy and writing and all these things. And they're sure. good fucking stories. He's a good storyteller. and I believe it. No, just hearing him. Like, because, again, like, I've never been a big fan of Lord of the Rings. And he talks about getting into Lord of the Rings, complaining about it. Because it's, like, I used to, I loved reading, because he read Conan the Barbarian. Uh-huh. And he's like, I love Conan Barbarian. That's my fantasy. And he talks about like the begin the way the first I really wanna see the George R. R. Martin Conan the Barbarian series. That'd be fucking awesome. I wanna yeah. see what the fuck that's all about. That sounds amazing. No, I would love to I would love to see that. But like he talks about like if you remember I don't know if you've read the first Conan story. But it is like I might have. It's like in the halls of something rather, in the spider haunted keep of something. Like it's like a spig. She Love he was it. like he's like he reprints and he's like I was sold at this word. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said like then I picked up Lord of the Rings and it starts in a fucking Shire and there's a birthday party and he said like I almost stopped reading when it got to Tom Bombardil. <laughs> um, as I've said before in this show, I the book lost me at Tom Bombadil and I gave up shortly afterwards. Yeah, no, for here's a, for, here's how Martin's... Like, if I'm reading a book and I say, who fucking cares? <laughs> I'm probably done. Yeah. 
accidentally took a screenshot. Um, I did see that. That was weird. And it took me forever to delete it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but uh, no, he says, like, I almost gave up. And then, like, right after that, like, he said, like, I was but, getting into more when they introduced Aragorn. And then, like, by the time they have, like, the Council of Ring is like, oh, this is fucking awesome. That's cool. He, like, reprints, like, a like a section of, like, a song that Sam sings. And it's like, he's like, that's fucking chilling, man. Sure. But, like, it takes, but, like, his kind of thing is, like, it takes a while. It reads more like a book of mythology than anything. It reads more like that fucking Mabinogian book or something, you know? I haven't opened it yet. That's it. I want to copy the Mabinogian now, isn't it? You do. It's a really cool looking It was copy. a beautiful, beautiful uh, edition, too. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like it's like, dude, you want to go to the bookstore? But I think we're both too drunk. I mean, not tonight. It's only if I, it's, it's tomorrow, maybe? Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Because um, honestly, I'm going to, from now on, I will look for copies of the Earth. They books. probably have a bunch, too. I mean, I, I don't know. If maybe. not, you should buy that fucking thing. I'd rather have uglier paperbacks. You're going to buy that thing. It's going to be. Gibby loves Ooh. ugly paperbacks. Well, I like I like paperbacks, too. I want a fucking paperback of a goddamn Silence of the Lambs, but I don't know. I can't fucking do that. Really? Yeah, I love Silence of the Lambs. No, I'm that you can't find one? No. Well, I couldn't buy, find a used one. Really? Yeah, well, I mean... I know there's a ton of Harris books there. Yeah, but they're all like Hannibal or, or Hannibal Rise oh, or something like so. that. Anywho's. It, it's like it's like that thing where it's yeah. like, there's never a copy of Sansa Lamb. Sansa Lamb right. is a fucking excellent book. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's it. Gabriel, let's shove this aside. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start a new file in Skyrim where I'm finally a wizard because oh, of this you're book. you're going to be a wizard. I have never done it. I always you're play as a barbarian a or an game. assassin, oh, and I've no. never given a shit until <laughs> this book. Yeah. I'm so not kidding. <laughs> Uh, I feel like um, there have been you know I've been wanting to get the Outer Worlds me too you know I found out that there was like a Majora's Mask kind of like recycling thing where like it takes place like in the last like 24 hours of like a planet oh, cool. exploding and apparently you just revert back to that day one kind of thing well, I didn't know, know that I'm, I'm, I had a really great interview last week if I get that job I'm buying a fucking PS5 and oh. I'm gonna get I mean I'm gonna get like I'm gonna finally finish The Witcher three okay. and get Outer Worlds and mostly because I want Cyberpunk. I was gonna say you can get well you can get all that for PlayStation four though. I know, but why bother if my you've heard my PS four? Yeah, I can't play Witcher four, Witcher three unless um uh it sounds like it's screaming. Yeah, no, that's true. I have to raise the volume to an inconsiderate level <sighs> to hear it. Fuck, I need to get Cyberpunk. It's only fifty bucks right now still. It's it's out. No. Uh, it's for pre pre-order. for pre-order for pre-order for most of the entire time it's available for pre-order it's been fifty bucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it for PS5. Maybe I'll buy it, maybe I'll buy it before I even get a PS5 because like, I don't want to play it on PS4. All right, bro. Uh, I have I have needs. All right, this guy. I have needs. Gabriel? Anyway, so uh, get, uh, next week we have yeah. a special guest. We do. Yes, uh, Christy. What what are we reading? Ben, I'll tell you right now. Christy Brannon. Christy Brand. Host of it's all downhill. Brannon. It's Brand. Yeah, Brannon. I thought I thought I was corrected to Bannon. Brannon. Okay. <laughs> You've always said Bannon. It's Brannon. Okay, Brannon. Christy Brannon. Host of it's all downhill. Uh, yeah, a returning guest. I think it'll be our fourth time on the show. Is it? Those are third. I think it's our. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Christy's great. We love having. Christy's her. great. She's fantastic. She knows how to record herself. Katie. <laughs> Oh, she's been super self-conscious about that. I've been trying to get her mic, like, mic up to par. Well, I'm glad it's not been she doesn't listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a Gabriel, and I'm so excited. I've mentioned her many, many, many times this episode. Christy Brandon? We no better, even better. <laughs> We're gonna be reading a short story by my favorite fantasy writer, Susanna Clark. We're Exciting. reading the Ladies of Grace. Who lunch? Oh, Ladies no. of What? Ladies of Grace Adieu. Okay. Um, Santa Clark only has two novels out and a short story collection. 
Um, and yeah, we're reading, I believe, the titular story of the ladies of Grace to do. Uh, we might I also might recommend reading the uh, the intro for that because there's always I think it's a fictional intro and knowing Clark, there's always a meta kind of aspect about the, the her story. So uh, sure. Please some send me the link to the Kindle. OK. Or you might why not get it through Overdrive? Um, the thing of Overdrive, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is that they only do offer so many copies per library. And I wonder if that was some kind of strange agreement of book dealers, because, mm-hmm. like, I was going to get um, a Wizard of Earthsea on Overdrive, but then they were all checked out. Okay. And I think it's because, legally, for sales reasons, they That's... buy digital copies that they okay. rent out. Because otherwise, there'd be literally no reason to ever buy an audiobook ever again. All right. No, I, I, I guess that makes sense. Also, I'll, I'll look it up. You, you want on uh, I also could look up Susanna Clark. She has three books. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but that said, uh, I'm so looking forward to that. In fact, I might even uh, uh, grab the chance to do the research on Susanna Clark as well. Well, shit. I already know shit about her. So God damn. Um, but that's. I'm really looking forward to that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So check that out next time, Gabe. Daniel, please promise me you will reach out to Dan Nitro Clark, who emailed you personally Uh. to, if not guest, ask him to guest is a really big ask. Mm -hmm. So I get if you don't want to do that, (laughs) but ask him if he wants to record a brief message for us, because honestly, I would love to have him on the show, first of all, because Nitro is just fucking Nitro. It would would be great. Uh, I'll reach out to see if he wants to contribute in some way. Yes. But yeah, no. Because I, I, I think that we, we would be. This is a, an amazing opportunity okay. to have one of our heroes on the podcast. Uh-huh. And if you don't try, I'd be very sad. Okay. No, don't worry wrong. And I need to get over my kind of like stigma being like, oh, I hate bugging people with. Yeah, my, with, yeah. My, my new gig at Maximum Fun has been days of emailing people who I don't know being like hey be on our show yeah. waka waka it, it's, the, it's the kind of awesome just get used to growing it. curve of being a production coordinator whereas I'm still shy about mess asking my production coordinator for anything mm-hmm. <laughs> just write a perfect form email and you can you know you can use it every time form email a form oh, email God. Gabriel yes Daniel if you don't mind plug tell us what you're at take this moment to kind of be like look at look all this shit i'm dealing look at all the shit i'm dealing with right now um ladies and gentlemen please check out self-evident uh asian america stories it is a podcast about the asian american experience um i contributed to season one the episode is called the talk we were supposed to have it's about my life i'm very very proud of it um and it's a great Excuse me. It's a great listen. <laughs> Every time I could be doing it into the mic and you. No, I, I'm giggling because of just how much like I'm. I'm not looking, but you're like, <laughs> like, like a burp is slowly forming. It might as well be there. It, right? But um, please check out Self Evident. There, um, uh, season two is going on strong. It's an amazing show. They're doing amazing work, and I'm so proud that I could be part of them. Oh my God. Um, other than that, uh, check out uh, our other show on the Top Gallant Radio Network. It is called AP Film, taught by film school professionals, where Katie Kometz and Mel Morones are professors of film, and they teach you a film school curriculum because they could not go to film school. Um, they are taking the week off because I think they've um, the idea now is that they take a break between each uh, syllabus, but shit, last time was uh, Nora Ephron. 
Mm. who's wonderful and did a bunch of uh, episodes about her. Ah. Um, uh, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. And again, they don't need our clicks, but please check. If you are a parent, if you need a laugh, if you need some compassion, if you feel like no one's listening to you, listen to One Bad Mother, a show I produce for Maximum Fun Radio. Uh, it's uh, where Biz Ellis and Teresa Thorne talk about all things parental. It's really, really beautiful. Um, we just interviewed Chelsea Erson of my favorite podcast, Dear Young Rocker. It was great. Uh, her acoustics were not so good. But, you know, she had moved into a new apartment. Yeah, speaking of which, um, you'd figure a, a, a legendary music producer uh, who owns his own recording studio would be phenomenal at recording himself. Uh-oh. And yet, um, <clears throat> Teddy, uh, uh, not Teddy Gatling, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, my God. Is it Timmy? No, not Timmy Gatling. Who? Oh, my God. No, the guy from Guy, the guy from the main, <laughs> one of the main guys from from Jack. I'm sorry, the I'm a little drunk right now. Anyway. The guy from Guy. I'm sorry. Um, last <laughs> bit, um, I forgot I to mention it last week, and I'm so sorry. Please check out John Lunger's podcast, Re Colon Chop, because like like we're responding to Chop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a podcast by John Lunger, a friend of this show. He guests on here recently. He is a comedy fixer in the Lehigh Valley area. He has a wonderful podcast where he talks about food with guests, and then he makes them do a basket from the TV show Chopped. I was a guest very recently. It was a great time. John did my Konji recipe, and I'm very, very proud. So check out ReChop. It's if, and if you are a local of the area, if even if you're not, hit up John. He'd love to have some more guests. It's a really, really fun time if you give even a little bit of a shit about food. Mm. Co-host Teddy Riley, legendary music producer whose name I forgot. Uh huh. Um, no, you, you, yeah. You're plugging Teddy Riley. No, it's just I was pointing out that like it's like yeah, no, he figured he'd be great at recording himself, and yet he didn't do that much of a, a great job. They made they did what they can for that Jack series, but damn man, dang. Don't titter, don't Twitter snitch me, alright, guys. Don't titter. Yeah. Also, I want to point out uh, Ursula Quinn. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Did her own translation of the Tao Te Ching. Wow. So yeah, that's really cool. Also, I wanted to read this. She wrote a Steering the Craft, a 21st Century Guide uh, uh, to Sailing the Sea of Story. Awesome. So I love that. So yeah, like, also unlike a lot of like the fantasy people, like she's written a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't which really is really really cool. Much. Even fucking George R. R. Martin slowed down a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a journeyman. Yeah. No. Uh, that said, you can follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio and also on Instagram at Slow Readers. Hey. You can check out my new website at DanielWGonzalez.com uh, for just information about my shit. I keep forgetting to update it. Um, but yeah, uh, and also out there, you can uh, check out my fiction right now, which is available at all ebook retailers. Uh, physical copies are available at Amazon. They are The Shadow from the Deep and A Cook in the Kingdom. Also, I wanted to say is that you can check out all the wonderful Wondery shows that I've been working on. They're all at present out, coming out. I think most of them are out at this point. Uh, Yay! Honestly, I've been, I forget exactly like the schedule that I'm coming up because I <laughs> got the Wondery Plus app. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like a fancy dude. So I got it and I listened to all of Jack, a, a, a series where I go uncredited because I only cut together goddamn three episodes. But Seems strange to me. That happens. Whatever. Hey, you still I'm got a freelance. paid. That's all that matters. I got paid. I'm a freelancer. Whatever. And you can claim it on your on your website, DanielGonzalez.com. Oh, still, yeah, but not as much. I tell you what, not as much because like um, 
the reviews and a reception that Jacked is getting compared to some of the other Wondery shows is actually way small. Like here, actually, let me let me go through this real quick. I honestly suppose that the audience for people who yeah. really give a shit about New Jack Swing are much less than those who love true crime. Yeah, it, me, I love New Jack Swing. It is. I'm I'm not, I'm so not kidding. I love New Jack Swing. So I, I you know I'm I'm part of your niche audience. Yeah, skipping forward to that. I was looking at the one star review. Um, but uh, <laughs> Too many ads for this free show. No, honestly, I've been reading all the one star reviews when I bring up these wondering shows. But for Jesus. example, uh, right now, Jacked on Apple Podcasts, uh, right now is on episode three and only has 356 reviews. That's kind of surprising. Only because I want to bring up, for example, Do No Harm. Uh, one of the other the, a show that I'm credited on every fucking episode. Yay! And I'm very proud that I worked on that. It was a very Thanks, upsetting episode. George Lavender. Everyone, everyone, George Lavender, especially Leta Pania, who was like the associate producer on that. And she Mark, sounds like a space pirate. Mike Hicksonbot. I'll tell her you said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, I need more work. But uh, but hey, that's my also that's my girl. She's the she's the production coordinator. Yeah. Um, but like for example, that one has. Let me see. Are there all six episodes out? Wait, that's not true. Okay, four episodes of that are out. Has 2,631 reviews. So, like, 360, 2,600. Like, it, it's, like, a huge kind of difference. I guess it's just niche growing that people yeah. people care. I, I think your average true crime person wants to... will we'll pick nearly anything. Yeah. And your average uh, music <clears throat> obsessive will be less hesitant to do so. There More is a... Hesitant. Also, I think it's weird that Taraji P. Henson's name isn't on the logo or cover or anything they like that, which is that. kind of, yeah, it's an interesting thing when I saw it. I'm like, there's not like produced, created by Taraji P. Henson. All I right. mean, it's not an airing thing, too. It's a downloads thing. So I'm sure it's much longer scale. Uh, yeah, no, I, it, it's, I tell you, and it's also a thing where like, you know, all Wondery shows when you subscribe to them, when they come out, like it'll, like if you're following Dr. Death, like it'll be like, hey, here's a trailer for Do No Harm coming yeah. out soon. So like, Again, those are people who love true crime are looking for the wondery kind of thing. And now the fact they're doing something not that, that yeah. I guess, you know, that, that's what it is. It's a fortune because I listen to Jack in its entirety because it's the one fucking show I haven't heard a million times. <laughs> and like, and let me tell you, it's fucking really great. I got to dig down on it. I, I, you know, I, I, I genuinely love New Jack Swing yeah. and I like Taraji P. Henson. You should check it out. It's great. I and, will. And also people out there fucking get the Wonder Plus app. Does it do that shit? How much does it cost? I think it's five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. It's not much, but, you know, I was thinking about canceling my uh, uh, Stitcher premium kind of thing. I use my Stitch all the time. Stitcher fucking sucks. I got to be honest with it's you. It's all right. It, like, I like it because of, like, the, the, the premium stuff that yeah. you get with that. I like having Conan show out ads. Yeah. But it sucks. Like, the app itself sucks. It's not ideal. It's not. It's a... Like, uh, do you, you that pl- being said, Stitcher, if you want to support us. <laughs> yeah, if you want to give us money, go for it. Speaking of which, like for example, remember last week you pointed out I like fucked up to it like uh, mixing like the intro, yeah. like I, <laughs> the intro theme music last week played for the first like forty <laughs> seconds of the show, which is, which is what happens, and then it cuts out when like you kind of like put everything in, cut everything together, and put it together, but you forgot to like mix the levels of like the yeah. intro thing. You forgot but. to click two things. Yeah, like that's what it is. And like I uploaded the thing, and immediately Apple Podcasts, all these other apps updated. The things corrected. Then I went to Stitcher and I'm like, oh god, I need to I need to wait for Stitcher to stop jacking off in the stop corner. Fucking and, fucking and around. Like, you want me to do what? What am I doing? Yeah. You okay? Yuck. So anyway, that's the end of the show. All right, bye everyone. Jesus Christ. All See right. you next week for Christy Brandon and Susanna Clark's "Ladies Who Lunch." Ladies Who Lunch. That's exactly what it is. is that a reference to something? Yeah, that's a song from the um, uh, Broadway um, a Stephen Sondheim musical company. 
Oh, Steven Sano, he's a weirdo. Yeah, bye. Bye. Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.